Business Breakfast with Oanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Here's Craig Earlham. Very good morning to you. Are you pricing in interest rate cuts, first of all, in the United States as a result of the coronavirus almost pandemic? Not declared a pandemic yet, but coming up there. It does seem likely that we're going to see at least one um, markets are pricing in a couple at this stage. UK, U- UK or US? Are you talking about? So this is US at the minute. UK, yeah. obviously, it's increasingly likely, um, yeah. and there is a little bit of room for manoeuvre on that front. Uh, but I guess we'll have to just wait and see what the data is going to say. Um, uh, sometimes, uh, as we saw at times last year, these things can just become self-fulfilling because if the markets put enough pressure on the central banks, mm. then they're effectively forced to move or start to look ineffective. Uh, so, so if if we continue to see this pressure build, then that's going to happen. It's hard to read the markets right now though because at this moment in time there's so much fear being priced in because of the level of unknowns and because of the amount of uncertainty that you tend to get uh, a market that's not necessarily reflective of people's views on how things are actually manoeuvring so uh, I think when things settle down over the next few weeks and we hope they will settle down but obviously there's no guarantee the way these numbers are moving then we'll get a better gauge of what markets are truly expecting once the fear is uh, removed Uh, and then we'll see how much pressure there will be on central banks at the moment there isn't any real economic data to justify but we're only going to start getting that economic data over the next week or so uh, and then we'll start getting an idea of what it looks like for February but given the number of companies that are coming out warning about the impacts of coronavirus so far you'd expect that it's going to have to take its toll on the economy Ind- as Indeed, well. I mean it's, it's, it's an impossible question to ask isn't it an, an, an impossible calculation to make um, right now because nobody really knows but as you say amidst a plethora uh, of warnings about supply chains from China then you have to feel as though the central banks will have to do something yeah, exactly. And we we, we tend to forget that um, we, we talk about China as if, it, as if it's almost like the, the world's factory and therefore there is going to be massive supply supply side issues. And there is. Uh, there's plenty of stories and reports out there of, uh, of where where companies are being forced to look in other markets, whether that be India or other parts of Southeast Asia, or whether they're looking at more domestic producers because of the uh, the lag time that comes with obviously ordering and uh, shipping, etc. Mm. Uh, and we're all... But, but then we also have to remember that China is also a massive consumer of everything. It's why it's either the world's largest or the world's second largest consumer of oil, which is why oil prices have plunged on the back of this coronavirus oil. But it's also a massive consumer of goods, massive trade partner for Germany, for Italy, for the US, uh, for the UK. So it, it's, it's, it's a shopper as well as a seller. So this is naturally going to have an impact, a wide-ranging impact, particularly if you produce and produce goods and sell them to China. It's worth remembering that we are also a very important export market for the UK. Are we the UK, for the for the EU rather? Are we, are we the um, the EU's biggest single export market? I'm guessing we probably are, or is it the states? Or does it? Uh, let's let's say we're up there anyway. Um, the the problem is now that uh, the that a white paper has been revealed, which apparently, according to the EU, reneges over some of the the, the boundaries that we said we wouldn't, uh, like over state aid, labour laws, and in environment and a very tough stance on fishing uh, once again uh, what number 10 is saying of course is, 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 there's nothing in there's nothing in law about this these are just aspirations but you have to say don't you that this is this is hardball now yeah it's a, it says a lot about how these negotiations are, are being approached because 
until this point, um, particularly under Theresa, uh, under Theresa May, people, the, the, the political declaration, while not being viewed as necessarily as cast in stone as the withdrawal agreement, as a, for example, it very much was seen as a guiding template for future trade negotiations that both sides were committed to sticking to. Whereas what we're seeing now from Boris Johnson was it's kind of just a guide. It's not necessarily, uh, it's not something we're committed to per se, and it's not legally binding. So we're happy to to venture away from that if need be. We, uh, which it's first first and foremost, it's not an ideal uh, an ideal start for negotiations because it suggests that these are going to be very hostile negotiations. <laughs> but the other flip side of for, from what I'd say for it as well is uh, how, how much. How, how much do you take this with a pinch of salt? How much is mm. this? Uh, how much is this a kind of bar- bartering position? Uh, position themselves for uh, tough negotiations, especially publicly. Um, whereas the reality is, the end goal that they want to achieve is very different from what they're threatening right now. Uh, but like I say, it's not going to uh, fall nicely uh, on the ears of uh, of those in Brussels who believed that the UK was committed to everything that it was set out in that future agreement. Let's talk about what's being described now. This sounds like Game of Thrones, doesn't it? A trilogy. <laughs> a trilogy, this time, though, of fiscal events. That's a bit duller. Um, the point being that it's likely that the new Chancellor would have to kick the difficult decisions, kick the can down the road. So budget on March the 11th, then an autumn statement, then perhaps an autumn budget. Um, so what's happening globally is that maybe people are thinking that, that we are due for some interest rates cuts as well let's do that one first of all what do you feel about that it's it's hard to say exactly what the the rationale behind it is um it seems like they're trying to sell it as a means of being flexible uh, and hitting targets um uh, given the the proximity of uh, Sajid Javid's resignation uh, and Sunak's um, uh, appointment to the actual budget itself, you 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 wonder whether the uh, whether they were as prepared as uh, they tried to make. I remember when 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 this change happened, they said he worked in the Treasury, he knows the numbers, they're ready. This has no impact on the budget, Indeed. and then you find out it's becoming a, a trilogy of fiscal events, yeah. and you're saying. Maybe, maybe, maybe he wasn't quite uh, in tune with it, as, and then maybe not quite as ready. Uh, maybe that's kind of have a, a lot to do with it as well. It does just it does just create this kind of cloud of uncertainty over the whole thing. To be quite honest with you, and it's um, uh, so it's it's hard to have a, a too great a view in, in, on in, it. In, in, indeed, but the, the the thing is that it's likely is as as I understand it right now that the extra health spending and also cuts in national insurance will be honoured in the March the eleventh budget, mm-hmm. and then the rest of it has to hang on, doesn't it? I mean that 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 that's a pretty racing certainty, I would imagine. Never mind what happens afterwards. They yeah. have to do that, don't they? Yeah, uh, the, the the tough decisions is uh, tomorrow's Sinax problem. Um, the, the, he can deal with them later on down the road and hope the the economy will give him the um, the the freedom in which to uh, in which to, uh, to to do more rather than less. Um, but yeah, it's like I say, it's it's really difficult to gauge what what is the driving force behind this now. Um, if if obviously this becomes a, a continuing thing over the coming years, then it would suggest that there is something more calculated about it. But because, like I say, because the that we've seen right at the top job, so close to uh, so close to the budget itself. I, I think it may potentially be a sign of uh, of, uh, of, of preparation uh, or lack of uh, preparation because of the, the shift in the top job. Uh, let than- me. Oh, okay, let's uh, let's just before you go, let's let's finally talk beer. We we were talking that they want a, a tax cut, <clears throat> about a penny a pint. Um, the actual tax take from beer is three point two billion pounds a year. Is that a lot or a little amount of money in the global, well, in the UK uh, scheme of things? 
Um, it's it, it's it's still relatively small, but I mean, I think what uh, and the, you, you discussed this on the interview. What we have, mm. the way we have to view this is this is necessarily one for building the building the kitty per se. It's a it's a topper upper. Um, this is uh, as you've again as you alluded to a syntax. This is a uh, how do we modify the behaviour of the UK uh, public uh, without uh, actually forcefully telling them what to do, uh, and the way that they choose to do that typically is through raising tax to make things less affordable. Uh, they, obviously, you, you compare it with, for example, cigarettes. They obviously ban the, uh, the use of cigarettes in pubs. Uh, well, in, uh, indoors, sorry. Um, but uh, but then, at the same time, the, the price of cigarettes also has risen extortionately over the course of the last 20 mm. years or so. And that's probably had a, been a much bigger, f- uh, at least a huge factor in why people are doing it far less because it's far less affordable. And I think they're kind of trying to find a right balance with pubs because they know that culturally... It is still a huge, a hugely important part of the uh, of yeah, the sure. the way the, of the UK. It's something that people do treasure, um, uh, which sounds uh, I'll say oddly, but then uh, I'm probably I'm, I'm very much in that group, so maybe it's not that odd. You're an old-fashioned kind of guy, I knew you were. Thanks very I much am. indeed, <laughs> Craig Ellen. Thanks very much. The thanks. Business Breakfast on Jazz FM with Oanda. Online trading, currency data, money transfers.